0: Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you and your family equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church. My name is Samuel and Beck, and I just have the absolute honor of serving you guys here at Life West. And maybe you're, you're kind of newer here. Well, we just we absolutely love it. Here's what we're all about: is we want to see you and your family equipped and empowered to be and do. All that God has for you. I've heard it said before that the best day of your life is the day you're were born, and the second greatest day is this, the day you figure out why. And man, that's one of the things that Growth Track does, and what we want to see is you're not just waiting for Jesus to come back or to die. God's given you gifts and talents, and we want to help you to use those to build the kingdom and make a difference today. And that is that is what we are about. We meet here in the middle school. And we love it. We are looking for a building. There's a lot of stuff that we'd love to do, but there's not a lot of empty buildings lying around. I don't know if you've seen one. If you have, let me know. But we, we, we have not seen any. We are, we're looking and, and praying about what that next move would be. We do have a building fund if you want to give towards that. If you're like, hey, I want to, we, we need that and you feel pressed to it, we'd love that. But we're just going to kind of keep moving in that direction as God leads and, and the finances are there. But we're in a series called Galatians. It's a book of your Bible, you probably know that already, and you probably know that we're already in Galatians, because we've been in Galatians for like two and a half months. I did not see it taking this long, but it's really, really been fun as we go through and just go like verse by verse and see what God has to say, and how... How applicable it is today. The Bible is not a dead book. It's not something like, okay, that's great. But we read in there and we're like, oh, yeah, well, there's that, that, that's just called cancel culture today. And that's this. And, and there's so much that we see and how it still applies to us today. And today, we're starting chapter six. Yes, you're like, was it ever gonna happen? Eventually, eventually. But we're there. And my hope today is to get through at least one verse. So let's let's just, let's see what we can do. Let's see if we can get through one. But if you have your Bibles, turn to Galatians chapter 6 and also, also also. We're just going to go with also. And also Matthew 18. So Galatians chapter 6 and we're not going to get too far in there so head to Matthew 18 and let's just dive right in. Galatians chapter 6 verse 1. Brothers, if someone is caught in sin, you who are a spiritual should restore them gently but watch yourself so you are not also tempted. And here's what he's talking about. Okay, what do we do when we're out to eat and we see somebody and we're like, wait a minute. I saw them like, like I, I saw them at church and that person they're out to eat with right now, that's not their wife. What are they doing? Like, like what do we do when, when we're at a family gathering and we're like, you know what? They, they're definitely drinking a little too much. This is, is, is this consistent, what is this? What do we do when we see somebody that we feel like they're drifting away from God? What do we do when we see someone and we're like, they're only dating, but that does not they're acting like married people. This isn't good. Like, what are, what are we supposed to do? Well, first off, in this, the, the minute we begin to we, we even start talking about this, some of you have an alarm that goes off inside your head, and that alarm sounds like Matthew 7-1. You might not have known it, but here's what it is. Do not judge or you will be judged. There's this little alarm that just kind of goes off because so many of us have been conditioned. We've heard this from so many different places and so many different voices that we're just like, I, I don't even know if I'm really supposed to see that. And if I do, just be like, well, I saw it, but I, I, I don't know what to do with that. Where, where, where do we go? And that's what is being addressed here in Galatians. He says, brothers, some of your translations say brothers and sisters, if you see someone sinning. And when it says brothers and sisters, it's not talking about, hey, this was just the family, this was a family gathering. No, it's talking about the body of believers. Brothers, it really means the church, other Christians. That's, That's what it's talking about. And he says, We get to kind of look and be like, hey, this isn't right, but then what about that alarm? Well, we're going to keep reading Matthew 7, 1, because yeah, the Bible says do not judge or you will be judged, but what else does it say? Let's read the next verse, which is Matthew 7, verse 2. For in the same way you will be judged, that you judge others, you will be judged, and with the measure you use, it will be measured to you, verse 3. So why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there is a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. And that's a key word in here about who it's talking to and the context of it. You hypocrite. First take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. It doesn't say take the plank out of your eye and then go walk away. He says, and then you will see clearly, then you will see clearly to remove the plank in somebody else's eye. Hi, Joel. That's, that's what it's going after. So here's what it is. We are the body of Christ. If you are a believer, you automatically join the body of Christ, which is called the church. You're a part of the body of Christ. And as, as such, we're like, we're, we're a team. You might not have known this, and maybe you love team sports, maybe you don't. I'm, never, I've, I'm not a fan of team sports. I'm playing them. I'll watch them all day long, but play, like... Team sports where you get like put on a team with people that you didn't choose and you have to deal with it. It's just, it's just, it's just not the most fun. I'm like, I'll pick my own team. That sounds good. You're like, he started his own church. Yeah, we just kind of did that. <laughs> Maybe that had part of it. I don't, I don't know. Maybe a little, little, little bit of it. But when we're a team, we work together. And that's really what this is, is. He's like, look, if you see a teammate that's falling behind, that's falling out of sync, out of God's grace, That's drifting away. What do we do? He's like, you should go, and the goal—the goal is to restore them gently. Is to restore them gently. I watched a little video clip. Just came across it earlier this week, and it's this guy. He's running a race, and he's coming into the end. It's a foot race, and there's a the the chute right before the finish line. There was a sharp turn in it, and it must not have been clearly marked because the guy that's in first place, everybody's cheering, and he comes running in, and he doesn't see the left hand turn at all. He just goes straight through this little tiny like ribbon, and he's like runs off course. They're all like, no, no, go back. And the guy that was right behind him keeps going, runs around, but looks back as he's about to cross the finish line, sees that he didn't make the turn, the other guy didn't make the turn, and then stops and, like, lets this other guy beat him. And some of you are like, oh, good sportsmanship, yay, yay. Some of you are like me and like, well... He 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 made a bad move. Like that's like, like like he lost. Like because he couldn't see, or maybe he was too tired to see, or he didn't know what he was doing. Like I look at that, and I'm real. I have such conflict because I'm like, yay, it's good that you did that. But at the same time, it's like he lost. Like he 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 lost. He should like he, he made a mistake, and that's that's like part of it. Is like if you make a mistake, that's what you're all going for in a race is the the mistakeless race his mistake was running the wrong direction. Like I have this, it's a battle. It, it really, it's real for me. But what we're doing is when we join the body of Christ is we're a team and we're looking out for each other. And he says, it's okay to judge. It's okay to judge. We look and we see that's wrong. If we're unable to judge, if we're unable to look at somebody and see right or wrong, we'll never be able to help them. We'll never be able to help them. And when we read all of Matthew, it really just kind of falls in line with the rest of what the Bible has to say, like in 2 Timothy 4.2, preach the word, be prepared in season and out of season to correct, rebuke, and encourage. You can't correct and rebuke if you haven't already realized that something's wrong. If nothing is wrong, there's no correction needed, right? Right? Yes. It's not there. You don't rebuke somebody unless there's something going on that's, that's, that's wrong. So how do we do this? What do we do? How are we supposed to do this? Understand this. There's three groups of people that the Bible's written to. There's three groups. There's Christians, there's Jews, and there's Gentiles. And what we're talking about here, we already established, is this is brothers and sisters, so this is Christians. And we're not going to treat everybody the exact same. The Bible doesn't treat them the same. There's a different way that we deal with them. This is Christian to Christian. That's somebody who follows Christ. A Jew is a non-believer. You're not a Christian. Now, if a Jew comes to Christ, that person now falls into the category of a Christian. And then a Gentile is somebody who's not a Jew and not a believer. If that, you read that Gentile in the Bible, that, that would be me, except, well, I believe in Christ. He's my Lord and Savior. Well, now I'm a Christian. So what this is talking about is how we believers interact and how we help other believers, other people that are in the body of Christ. Now non-Christians, they need to be warned. They need to be warned about what's going on. We see what's going on. We need to witness to them. Yes, absolutely. That is what we do. But what we're talking about here is how we treat and how we help one another. How we help one another. Romans 6 says this. Romans 6.1, what shall we say? Shall we go on sinning that grace may increase? By no means we died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? And that's what we're talking about. We're not going to keep living in sin. What do we do? How do we do it? Somebody is, what did it say? Galatians 6.1, we're going to go right back there and then we're going to dive into it. Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in sin, you who are spiritual should restore them gently, but watch out so that you yourself do not get tempted. Number one is it says caught. It didn't say if you hear a rumor, if you see something on Facebook, if somebody comes up to you like, hey, guess what I saw. It's none of that. It's if somebody is caught, if you see them. Now, I will tell this story because the person in this story is dead. Otherwise, I wouldn't tell the story. But when, when I was in Bible school, Brian and I had a roommate. And this this guy lived with us just for a little while um, while some of his stuff was getting worked out with some other roommates and things and stuff like that. And I remember one night, I come out in the middle of the night to use the restroom, and he's at the computer looking at stuff he shouldn't. That's caught. It's like, oh, th- there that is. And he's like, no, I, it, that, that, that wasn't me. And I'm like, okay, I thought I saw something. He says, no, that's not what it is. I'm like, are you sure? Because we can have, he's like, no, that's not what it is. I'm like, all right. Well, shortly after that, I had to take my computer to, to get it fixed. So I took it to my buddy, my friend, computer geek, and I give it to him. And when I get it back, he says something kind of interesting. And he's like, um, I just fixed the computer. I didn't look at anything, just so you know. And I'm like, what, what do you mean? He's like I didn't go back over any logs or see anything or like just I just I just fixed your computer. And he says this and I'm like Dude, what did you find? And he's like what do you mean? And I go obviously you saw you saw something or you wouldn't say you didn't see anything. There's no reason to say. Like this is just like I can read between the lines and he's like well let me show you what you have on here. And then and I'm like ah! I'm like oh, yep. And so I went to my roommate guy that was living with us for a while. Not Brian. Some of you know this story. This wasn't Brian. This was another guy who was living with us. He's dead. You're not going to figure out who he is, and if it is, he's, he's he's gone to be with Jesus now. And I'm like, okay, hey, remember when this happened? And you know, I thought I saw something. You said I didn't. I'm like, well, here's the dates. Here's the times it was. And he's like, yeah, I'm struggling with it. It's it's caught. It's caught. It's not, we don't go on rumors. We don't, nor, nor do we try to become super sleuths and be like, well, what is everybody doing? And I should need, I need to be the one to figure it all out. But it says those that are, that are caught, we go to them. And the goal is to restore them. So how do we do it? Matthew 18, if you've already found there, let's turn right over there and here we go. Matthew 18, verse 15 is where we're going to start. It says, if, you, if your brother sins against you, go and show him his fault in private. If he listens to you, you've won your brother over. It says in private. You don't post it on Facebook. You don't go ask 27 other people to pray with you about it. Christian gossip, pray with me because sister so-and-so. Like, no, 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 no. You go to the person in private. And here's the thing that I love about that is it gives them the opportunity to set you straight you're like, hey, I saw you out to eat with, with this woman. I know that's not your wife. Like, what, that, was, that was weird. You were shopping. and that, What are you doing? And they look at you, and they're like, that's my sister from out of town. And you're like, oh, cool. nice. I, I should meet her sometime. My bad. Sorry. You know, um, I, I was wrong. Yeah, it happens, but you go, and you go in private, and it gives that person the opportunity to set things straight. It tells when, when you talk to somebody in private, it says that you care enough about them to go to them and be like, hey, um, we've been hanging out a little bit more, or I've, I've seen you, and, and you're, you're not just drinking a little bit, you, it feels like you're drinking a lot. I think you might have a problem with this. Or you go to them and you're like, you know... Your girlfriend's really nice, but I'm just telling you, it looks like, and, and the times that people are leaving or I drove by, I saw her car, and it was parked at your house way too late. What's going on? That was the morning. That's kind of early. Is, is, is there something going on? We go. We talk to them, and you go to the person. You go right to them, because here's the deal. We, we want them, it's a teammate who's falling away. They, they, they need help. And that's, that's, that, is, that is our heart in it. And our heart should be that. It's to restore gently. It's not to be like, I see what you did wrong and you need to stop. It's not to be like, oh, by the way, I'm way better than you because look what I just saw that you did. It's helping somebody. And that has to be our heart in it. That has to be our heart of coming alongside and being like, hey. That we look at them and like, hey, um, it really feels like and what it looks like to people on the outside is that your heart is turning away from the things of God. I'm not seeing you at church. You're skipping small group. It's like you're finding excuses. It doesn't look like you're prioritizing the things of God at all. How are your quiet times? It's, it's We go to that person. We go to them with a heart of, we, we want you the best for you. But we go to them. That's number one. And here's what we want out of that. The the goal that we're looking for is them to admit that what they're doing is wrong if it's happening. Establish whether it's happening or not because if they won't admit it, there's nothing we can do. In Genesis 4, we have the account of the first murder. Genesis 4, verse 8. Now Cain said to Abel, his brother, let's go out into the field. And while they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother and killed him. Bad idea. He did it. The Lord said to Cain, where is your brother Abel? If, Cain, if, if God is asking you questions, warning right there. Right there. Don't lie. Let me just throw that one out. Don't lie. But this is what happens. Let me just say, God knew exactly what happened. I don't know, he replied. And am I my brother's keeper? Like really talking back to God? Yes, he did. That's exactly what he did. I don't know, he replied. i my brother's keeper. Verse 10, the Lord said, what have you done? Listen, your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. So God confronts him. He denies it. Now God comes back and he says, look, your brother's blood. He presents the evidence. Your brother's blood cries out to me. Here's the evidence. Cain still is not repentant. Look at this. Verse 11, now you are under a curse and driven from the ground, which opened its mouth to rescue your brother's blood from your hand. When you work, the ground will no longer yield its crop. You will be a restless wanderer on the earth. So God confronts him. He's like, what? I have no idea. He gets a little mouthy. God says, look, here's the evidence. He stands there, still doesn't say anything. And because he wouldn't, he wouldn't repent. He wouldn't admit his wrong. Then there was judgment that was then there. The goal is that the people will admit it. They'll be like, yup, this is what happened. Admit they're wrong so that there can be forgiveness and repentance and move away from it. That's the goal. Cain didn't. So God pronounces this judgment on him. Cain said to the Lord, my punishment is more than I can bear. Today you're driving me from the land and I will be hidden from your presence. That's what happens. When we turn, when we refuse to repent, when we refuse to repent we're driven from God's presence we're driven away from it and he says I will be a restless wanderer on the earth and whoever finds me will kill me and God says I'll put a mark on you so that no one will we have to admit and that's, that, that's the goal here we have to, if there's no admittance of wrong there is no forgiveness there's no forgiveness you don't ask for forgiveness when you're right anybody ever like hey I'm right but I, uh, forgive me for being right. Like, no. No, we throw a little dance. Like, I'm right. Maybe you don't. <laughs> no, we don't. But that, that is really the goal. That's what we're doing. So we start with this, you're doing bad things. Stop. Like, stop doing bad things. Here's what the Bible has to say. Here's the evidence. You, you need to stop. We have that conversation with them. It's like, okay, you know, it's an inappropriate relationship. You're not married yet. Don't pretend that you are. You're not married until you're married, but we're engaged. You're still not married. You're not married until you're, well, all I'm waiting for is a piece of paper. It is not a piece of paper. You need to look at what the Bible says. Yeah, the, the government might have a little piece of paper that they sign, and they want to change your tax status and your last name. That's on them, but there's a whole lot more to it. Proverbs says this, Proverbs 2, verse 7. She has abandoned her husband and ignores the covenant she made before God. Marriage is a covenant. You're not waiting for the government's okay. You're waiting because you're making a covenant before God. And if you're having a trouble waiting, then get married, give a license, come see me, pull up in the driveway. I'll marry you in about five minutes. We will get it done. Like get it done. But honor God with what you're doing. Honor God with your life. You're like oh, we just can't wait. This is just just get it done. Get it done. We're waiting. We're wanting to do this God's way. We do this God's way. So we bring it to them. We go. We talk to them. The idea is we want them to repent. We say, hey, look, this is the evidence. This isn't hearsay. Look, this is what's going on. But they still won't listen to you. Next step, what do you do? Good question. Next verse, Matthew 18, 16. But if you will not listen, take one or two others along so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. They still won't listen. Then you're like, okay. You take somebody else that goes along, and you notice how it said, let every matter be established out of the mouth of two or three witnesses. You're like, Does anybody else, has anybody else seen this? And you're kind of like, I, this is where it gets a little bit harder. Because you're wanting to keep the circle as small as possible, but you're like, okay, was somebody else with me when we saw this? How can, how can I keep this? Because we're wanting to take care and, and help and be a covering for this person, not to hurt them, not to air out their dirty laundry in front of everybody. And this is where it gets a little bit harder and it can be kind of messy, but it's, it's you come with somebody else and you're like, okay, we need to have this conversation but here's other people who have seen this. It's other people in the body of Christ. It's other people that they trust, that they respect. Really makes a difference. And you're like, look, it's not okay. Or, hey, we're here for you. You know, these decisions, it's not good. The walking away, the feeling like you are stepping away from the things of God and not really seeking after him. I'm not the only one that feels that. Man, and, and you go when you talk to them. And let's let everything be established out of the mouth of two or three witnesses. Now, me, I, I think it should just take number one, like personally. Like step number one, like you're doing something dumb and you need to stop. Like, okay, I got caught. Like let's, let's, let's just be done and move on. If you ever wonder what counseling like is with me, that's what it is. Like admit it, quit it, move on. That was five minutes. Let's go. Like that's, that's what we're going to do. But often it takes a little more of, okay, well, do you realize what's going on? And and it might be somebody who knows a little bit more about the Bible and can be like, look, let's look at this together. See, this is why, this is what's going on. And if that does not work, then we go to step three. If they still won't listen, this is verse 17. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. If he refuses to listen even to the church, treat them as you would a pagan and a tax collector. He says if they won't listen to anybody else, then you go to them and you tell the church. And this isn't isn't something that we hear taught and that most of us grew up with because it's not pretty, because it's not fun. But here's what we are meant to do. We are a body of believers. And when one part of your body isn't working right, it affects the whole body. It affects the entire thing. I was training for a marathon, and I, I don't know what I did, but I did something with my ankle. And I would go run, and I'd run like 100 yards, and my calf would just start balling up. And my, I'm like, it's not my calf. And I'm like, well, I think it's my knee. And my knee was hurting, and I'm trying to figure out what all this was. And eventually, I was telling, talking with I'm a chiropractor, about it and I'm like it's my knee and this is what happens in my ankle he's like it's not your knee I'm like yeah it's my knee that hurts and he goes well actually what you're describing is is your ankle is back and he's like I can fix it hold on and I'm like fix it yes please he's like watch and he goes click and he does this thing on my ankle and he goes try that and I'm like it's my knee he's like no it's your ankle so I go try that and I went for a run and I'm like I ran he's like yeah it was your ankle the whole time our bodies are connected And if something isn't right, then something else is trying to compensate. Compensate, there we go. Not confiscate, none of the other things I was about to say. No, compensate for what's missing and what's wrong. And the body of Christ is meant to be a beautiful thing that the world looks at, you and I, and says, we want what they have. They love each other, they take care of each other, they're willing to do the hard thing, which is to call each other out and be like, look, do you need help? Did you trip and fall as we're running along this race? I can help you get back up. That's what it's meant to be. The Bible says, pity the man who falls and has no one there to help them. And that's what we don't want. We don't want a bunch of super sleuths running around life-wise looking for things going wrong, knocking on windows like, what's happening? There's a time and place for that, but it's just, it's just, you better be really, 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 really good friends. But what we do want is a body of people that are like, we are running this race together and we're going to finish it together. When we see each other falling or drifting off course that we're like, hey, I see you kind of drifting. Do you need some help? What can I do? Let me help you. Let me pick you up. Let me carry this load with you. I'll help you. Let's get going together. You're not alone in this. Do you need some accountability? What do you need? It's caring for one another. And it's something that we don't see in the world, so you're not going to have to. It's not even there. There's nothing wrong to imitate there. They don't do this, but we care for one another, and we help one another. And they go to the church, and if they will not listen even to the church, treat them as you would a pagan or a tax collector. Now that pagan tax collector, pagan, this is a non-believer, and then the tax collectors were like the most hated. <laughs> Because they so often used their position to overtax. They had the amounts that they were charged to get. And they're like, you've got to get this much tax from the people. But then they could add their own on top of it. And so they would to enrich themselves. They were hated because of it. Because they could add their own and yet the government would then enforce their taxes that they're forcing on you on top of what the government was already They're absolutely hated. So pagans, these non-believers, and then the worst of these non-believers, these tax collectors. And what, how do we treat these people? What do they need? They need Jesus. He's like, you, you treat them as somebody who just, they, they need Jesus because they've walked away. And we love them and we pray for them and we invite them to church. We love them. That's, that's what we do, but we realize that they've, they've turned their hearts away. And so we, are, we, we go after them. We 100% go after them. And here, here's something I want you to realize. Maybe you've heard this, maybe you haven't, but this kind of brings up this once saved, always saved. Like, can I, if I've given my heart to God, can I, can I not be, or is it like, Am I sealed and done? Because there's some stuff in the Bible it talks about the seal and what is it? Well, verse I want to bring up that kind of speaks to that is Hebrews 10:26, And it says, if we deliver deliberately, keep on sinning after we have received the knowledge of the truth, no sacrifice for sin is left, but only fearful expectation of judgment and of raging fire that will consume the enemies of God. Anyone who rejected the law of Moses died without mercy in the testimony of two or three witnesses. How much more severely do you think someone deserves to be punished who has trampled the Son of God underfoot, who has treated unholy the things, the blood of the covenant that sanctified them, and who has insulted the Spirit of grace? It's verses like that in the Bible that leave me believing that somebody can turn their back and walk away from God. No, I don't believe that they can be snatched or pulled away, but that we can turn our hearts away from God. He says there's nothing left but the fear of judgment. And Jesus came and he became, he took our judgment. He took what I, what, what I deserve, the judgment that I deserve. He says that's why I came. So when it says there's nothing left but judgment, that means Jesus isn't taking it, that you've walked away. That's why I do believe that somebody can walk away from God. But we don't want that. So our desire is to be a church, to be a body of believers. And let me just say, we are a church, not because we're meeting together, but we are the church. I saw these t-shirts one time that I absolutely love. Maybe Becca will design these for next year or something. But they said, the church has left the building. Because when we leave here, that's it. We are the church. We are the body of Christ. And we go out into the world with our light, and to help one another, it's not just when we come together. Yeah, we, we're in small groups and we're hanging out and we're having fun, but we're also building relationship and getting to know each other. And maybe we're in some Bible studies and we're doing, we're going through some books together. Maybe we're in a prayer group or whatever it is. But it's meant to be, it's meant to be so much like a team, building together, going together. That we're not supposed to do it alone. So those are the three steps. Number one, you go and you talk to them. Number two, they didn't listen. You went, you, you brought it up, you brought the evidence, you said, hey, this is what I saw, they don't listen. You, you go and you say, okay, somebody else come. Let everything be established out of the mouth of two or three witnesses. You bring somebody else. Our heart in this whole thing is always restored. We want to see them continue to grow and to produce fruit. Jesus is coming back. We're all going to stand before him. We want you too. come on, let's go. So number one, you go, you talk to him. Number two, you bring somebody else. And you're like, hey, this isn't okay. And then number three, they didn't listen to somebody else. You bring it to the church. And then we go to them together and we're like, hey, this is not all right. They're right. You you need to repent. If they don't listen, then we just got to love them even more, but we realize that they've fallen away from God. That's one, two, three. But there's a three B and 3b is a little different 3b is the justifier 3b is the justifier 3b is the person that says well i'm i'm a sold out believer in god but you know what i'm just i just choose to sleep with my girlfriend i'm just i'm just i'm just going to i'm not willing to stop oh i'm 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 a believer but um yeah i I just like to party and get drunk. And you're like, well, look, the Bible says don't get drunk. Like the battlefield that we fight the devil on, we don't fight the way that the world fights with worldly weapons. It is our mind. That's where this happens. Yeah, yeah Jesus drank wine, but, but getting drunk we see very clearly. That's, that's not good. The Bible's very clear on that one. Like, and they're like, no, I'm just going to do it. This is the justifier. They're like, well, yeah, you know, but. And they come up with a reason. This is 3B. They're like, I'm going to do this. When we say that we're a Christ follower, that means that we do it God's way. When I, when I become a Christian, I say, God, I want what you have for me. I believe that what you have is better than what I have. I trust you. You're my Lord and Savior. And I do things His way. Jesus says this in John eight thirty one. To the Jews who had believed him. Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you're truly my disciple. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. He says, you want to say you're my disciple? Then you're going to hold to my teaching. He's like, this is what I'm going to say. This is what we're going to do. We're going to live it this way. And that's his goal for us. So the justifier is the person that's like, I'm just going to do this my way. The justifier is the person, and I'm going to bring this one up specifically simply because it's so talked about and it's so forced in so many different areas of our life as just, you need to accept this as normal. The justifier is the one, well, I'm a believer, but I'm going to choose to be greedy. I'm going to worship things and stuff. That's not okay. The justifier is the one that's like, I'm just not going to forgive. You don't know what they did to me. They don't deserve forgiveness, so I refuse to forgive them. And God's like, no, you, you, you cannot, you do not get to make that choice of forgiving or not forgiving. The justifier is the one that's like, no, it's okay. And they justify their actions. There's a lot of people who want to justify, and I'm not only bringing this up because it's a popular thing to justify, and that is homosexuality. But the Bible's clear on this. 1 Corinthians says this, 6, nine. Or do you not know that wrongdoers will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither sexual or moral, nor idolaters, nor adulteresses, nor men who have sex with men, nor thieves, nor greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanders, nor swindlers, nor will inherit the kingdom of God. You can't justify, well, God is love and I love them and so God is in our relationship because God is love and we love each other so God's in the middle of it. No, he's not. Don't try to justify it. We have people who say, I want to make Jesus my Lord. He is my Lord, but at the same time, I refuse to give up this thing. I refuse to surrender my life to him. That's not okay. But then he goes on, and he says this, and that is what some of you were. You were swindlers, you were drunkards, you were thieves, you were greedy, you were swindlers. That's what you were. But you were washed, you were sanctified, and you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ by the Spirit of God. He says, that's what you were. That's what you were. No matter what it is. And honestly, the only reason why I'm singling out homosexuality is because how incredibly saturated the world is with throwing it at us and trying to say, this is just a normal thing. This is, you just have to get used to it. I don't want to get used to sin. I don't want to get used to something that God says isn't his best for me. I don't want to do that. And, am I gonna? (laughs) We are running out of time. We need to be careful that we don't let the world set our agenda for us and decide what socially is okay and what's not okay. And it might hurt people's feelings. And they might get mad and it can make some Christmas gatherings awkward where we're making decisions on who we're hanging out with and who we're not and what Christmases we're going to go to and what we're going to surround our kids around and what we're not. You need the Holy Spirit at Christmas time, give you some guidance, be like, what are we doing here and how are we going to make these decisions where we're like, you know what, my family member, I might love them and Jesus loves them, but you know what, it's not okay. It's not okay. The Bible makes it so incredibly clear that it's not. Jesus says this. The Bible says that for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and the two will be united and the two will become one. It's in Matthew. This wasn't in my notes, but I have to say it. But if we go to one verse before, and this has always kind of stuck with me. Bible says, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother. What reason? Because in the beginning, God created the male and female. Think about this with me. God looks in the garden. He's made absolutely everything. It's perfect. And yet he looks and he says, it's not good that man be alone. And God said, I know what he needs. I'm going to create the perfect, the perfect helpmate for him. And God creates woman and brings woman to man. It's God who joins them together. God solved our problem, not by bringing man to a man, but a woman to a man. Literally, when you look at that and we see what it says about the woman, it says that the woman is, in the Greek, we look up what it is, Is this woman, I don't even know how to describe it, but then it says this is the definition and it says, the being that reflects the other side of God's glory. That's woman. Homosexuality is the ultimate rejection of what God created to be brought together. is man and woman. Homosexuality is rejecting what God brought and made for you. It says, It is not good for man to be alone and say, no, God, I don't want the perfect thing you made for me, I'm gonna make, I'm gonna do something else. It is taught, it is thrown at us that it is just an alternative. It's not God's best. God has something way, way better. Don't fall for something that's not God's best. You might say, well, I know, well, I I struggle. I know people who struggle with it. I struggle with greed. I struggle with materialism, with looking at things and be like, no, I'm not going to do that, and keeping God first. And and I look at my budget, I'm like, no, we're going to do this. And yes, we're going to tithe. And as I see it make a difference, it's become easier and easier. And I love giving. It's okay to struggle with something, identify it, and be like, look, I'm just, I'm going to stay away from it. I've told you about my adventures in porn and it's awful and it's not good so I'm extra careful about it and I'm like this is what I'm going to do and I I take steps because it's a struggle but I'm not just going to be like look I'm just done fighting it. There's a way that seems right to a man but in the end it leads to death. What God has for us is so much better. What God designed and made was man for woman and woman for man and we fit together Perfectly. That was God's design, and that's God's best. That's his very best for you and for me, and that's what God wants for us, is he wants the best. So he gave us this thing, the church, and Jesus said, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. It's this body of believers that come together and are like, God... We know that your word is true and we help each other out and our goal is to see somebody tripping. We see somebody who's not doing well. We pick them up and we say, I'll help you. You help me and we move along together. But yeah, we do. We call black, black and white, white. And if it's caught in between, we'll help you sort it out. Let's figure this out together. Let's honor God with our life because he's coming back. And one day, every single one of us is going to stand before him and we're going to even give an account for the way that we lived. And when you do, I don't want you to get up there and be like, well, I never knew that. pastor never taught anything about that. That was awkward, so he kind of just avoided it. We're not going to. Hope you get up there. You stand before God. And what you hear is, well done, my good and faithful servant. Not, well, you're done. There's a big difference. Let's take the opportunity, take the time we have now, to care enough about the people around us that number one, we notice when they're tripping. And that when we do, our hearts break enough that we stop and we say, how can I help you? What can I do? Let's be a body that cares for one another. It's not easy. It's kind of messy. It's awkward. I don't, really love, I, I don't mind conflict, but that's, I still don't like that. I still don't. But it's in those moments we see how much people really, really care, that they're willing to come down to where we are and help us back up. Let's be that body. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Before we dismiss this morning, I want to ask, I don't want to assume that just because you're here, you, just because you're here that you, you know where you stand with God, that you're right. The Bible says it's made it so clear and easy. Jesus came to make a way where there was no way. And here's what that means. That means there's nothing that I or you could ever do to make up for the wrong we've done. There was no way, so Jesus came, and he paid the price. He stood in my place. He stood in your place. The all says that the sins of the world were laid on him, and if you'll accept it, he'll be your substitute so you can be forgiven, set free, experience the peace that only comes through a relationship with him, and begin to walk out the plan and purpose that God has for you. If that's you, I'd love the honor of praying with you right in your seat. If you're online, you can pray right there with with us right now. If that's you, at the count of three, I want you to be bold and shoot your hand up high. And you're saying, God, I want what you have for me. I wanna be forgiven, I wanna be set free. I wanna begin to walk out your plan and purpose for my life. If that's you, get ready. Not halfway, all the way up. One, two, three, shoot it up. Say, that's me, today is my day. Awesome, and I'm giving my life to you. Hands down. Those that lifted your hands and everybody, let's just repeat this prayer after me. Online, you too. But if you lifted your hand as you say these words, make them your own, and let's pray together. Say, oh God, thank you for dying for me, for shedding your blood so I could be free. From now on, I'm yours. With all that I am, I choose you. Forgive me and make me new. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you and your family equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church.